Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. All right, let's... Let's feed to my fantasy obsessiveness at the top of the show here and just get it out of the way because it's all I've been thinking about for the last 20 minutes, and then we can move on. Brendan Keeney, Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. What should Deshaun Watson be worth in the Dynasty League right now? I one one quarterback, not super flex for this. You wouldn't touch him. Oh, so you're asking which round is it, like, could you really get a steal on him? Yeah, or even it doesn't have to be picks, although I think the deal I'm talking about with someone in a league I'm in is revolving around picks. I but see. Like, would you trade Carson Wentz for Deshaun Watson right now in a yes. dynasty football draft or a dynasty football league? Yes, I would. Really? I'm that much of a Carson Wentz is, hater, though. So, Is he just not going to play football again? No, I'm sorry. You would trade Watson for Wentz. You wouldn't trade Wentz for Watson. I would trade Carson Wentz for Deshaun Watson. Okay. I would do that too. I thought you were saying the other side. No, I 100% would. I mean, he's going to play again, right? I heard a good podcast with um, – for, uh, forgive me for not knowing the reporter's name off top hand here, but I'll, I'll get it – who had a lot of details on the Deshaun Watson situation, and it's grotesque. Like, it is – it doesn't sound good at all, and it sounds like it's going to drag on for a long time. It's not one massive suit. It's 40 or what is it, 22? 22, I believe. 22 different lawsuits. Now, it's all under the same attorney, so maybe that means that it could form into one big settlement. But there's been nothing on it for weeks. The league is mum on it. The Texans have planned for the season without him. Watson doesn't want to be in Houston. It, it to me, sounds like there's just no way Deshaun Watson's playing football in 2020. But I got to imagine he's on the field week one, 2021, no? 
Like for somebody, it, would the odds be for or against Watson playing week one of 2021? 2022, sorry. I mean, you're off here. Would Would you bet on or against Watson being on an NFL football field week one of 2022? Right now, I would bet against it. I think I'd want to bet for it, but it's again, it's so hard to know because right. That's kind. Of, I, I have no frame of reference. I have no idea or way of knowing where his and where situation is stands and where is he going to be. I'm not sure he matters a lot for this for fantasy football because he's been in a bad situation. Last year, he was on an awful team and he was still an elite fantasy quarterback because he's just that good. So if he's in Carolina, you know, or if he's in Houston, or if he's in. Pick a team, Minnesota. Doesn't matter. He's still going to be great. But I just had that thought because, man, you're in the dark right now if you're trying to figure out what he is worth uh, in fantasy football, especially in a dynasty league. Um, all right, good. We got that out of the way. Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap. The day after the draft lottery, you were at the Blue Jays game. How did you find out about the lottery? Was there a message displayed on the uh the, the the big scoreboard like we had joked about? I actually was the messenger for most of my section. So I just I kept refreshing Twitter, found out, and then somewhat happily, kind of sarcastically, somewhat happily, yeah, uh, yeah that that's seems kind of appropriate. How I, somewhat happily, kind of sarcastically announced to the rest of the section, and everyone was like, "Woo, boo!" You know, I was stunned at how invested I became in it as it was happening. You don't want to lose it, right? As it's going on, Bill Daly's flipping over the cards. You know, like you have memories of being out with friends for the 2015 draft lottery. You're out at a bar that is packed, and you are living and dying with every card that gets flipped over by Bill Daly. And you are just, you are at zero when that Oilers card flips over. Like the the feeling. It was like a game seven playoff game, (laughs) that lottery. That's how it felt. Especially after the season we had just gone through. All the arguing, all the debate, all of the morality questions. And then yesterday, it looks the same. It's the same guy flipping the cards over. It's the same looking cards, the same format. And even though you know in the back of your mind that the prize at the end is not all that valuable, it I think yesterday a reason I got so invested and even emotional about them winning the lottery was they just have won nothing for the last 10 years. It's such a rare feat where we have a feel-good moment. I think I've felt, I have felt over the moon about the Buffalo Sabres maybe twice in the last 10 years. When they clinched the tank, as sad as that is to say, <laughs> one of those times that I was, I, I was so happy. I was so happy they clinched the tank against the Blue Jackets in 2015. And the other time was when they won the draft lottery to win Rasmus Dahlin. Like, those were the two times where it's like, we are going out and celebrating. Like, the Bills will give you those moments recently when they made the playoffs in 2017 and they broke the playoff drought. Um, Last year, last year there were moments, right? When they beat New England, maybe on Monday Night Football. Um... I don't know. I don't have. I don't have specific moments from last year, but I, the playoff game against Indianapolis, the Sabers just haven't given you those, right? And last night was not that, but it's still, you know, like in the moment, I feel like it felt like that for me. But now I've calmed down and realized that I don't want them to take Owen Power first overall, and the the fear I had about them winning the draft lottery, 
sounds like it might be coming to fruition. He, Have you found odds yet? I oh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say I haven't looked yet because the way I feel right now is that Owen Power would be the overwhelming favorite, like minus four hundred. See, the problem I am encountering here is when I search NHL draft first overall pick odds, all you're finding is stories from yesterday and the day before about what the odds for the lottery are. Right. So at the moment, uh, the sites that I use, Bet Online, DraftKings, I don't see anybody posting anything of the sort. But I have to imagine those are on the way uh, at some point. Um, I would imagine you're right, though, that Owen Power would be a heavy favorite. What would you get? guess? Minus, I, said, I said minus 400. Minus 400? I was going to say minus 500, so we're right around the same area there. Matthew Beneers. Now, maybe this affects it, too. Uh, center from Michigan, who I think is the most popular. He might be a more popular answer among fans right now of who they want at number one overall over Owen Power. He sustained what looks like maybe a major ankle injury today at the World Championships. It was ugly. Yeah. He goes into the boards. His ankle kind of gets bent back the opposite direction. Um couldn't put any weight on it going off the ice. So, I don't know. Are you at a point yet where you have a guy? Because I thought, I said this yesterday, and maybe I said it with you two days ago, that I imagine this draft, because there isn't a clear-cut consensus in the industry of who the top guy is, even though power is the most popular. It reminds me of the 2014 draft class. The Sabres had the second pick. Everyone knew Aaron Ekblad was going to go first, and everybody kind of had their guy. At least among my friend groups, you know, there were Dreisaitl guys, and there were Reinhardt guys, and there were Sam Bennett guys, and we were all debating for a month leading into that draft of who they should take. And I imagine that we're going to get something along the same lines leading into July 23rd for the Sabres. So do you have a guy yet, or will I, you not? I have do one? not have a guy. I have a position group. I want a forward. I just I'm not going to get emotionally invested in the idea of them taking a forward because I think it's highly unlikely. I imagine they're going to take a defenseman, and I I mean I just I, I would put them I would put a lot of money on them taking power. That's where I'm at, and. I just don't see them taking a forward. And how, if it is power, I mean, what, how does that how does that sound to you? How does that how does that affect it, them it, it going? It sounds forward? like winning this draft lottery. It's kind of meh. It's like a more of like a a psychological win than anything. I'm not saying that any of these guys are bad players. I'm just saying I don't think there's any true victory. This was the least important draft lottery in a long time because we're talking about seven to ten prospects deep of guys you can make the case should be uh if not the number one overall pick at a top three pick i was going through a bunch of different mock drafts updated mock drafts and there there are some players that were picked ninth in one and third in another and Mm -hmm. that is just something you do not see with nhl uh, prospect rankings this close to the draft. You don't see that kind of movement. Typically, the it happens. Va- the variance is it crazy. It happens, but yeah. there is so much variance. I am not going to get too high or too low on whoever they pick. Would I prefer a forward? Yes. I think forwards are more valuable mm-hmm. in today's NHL. But if they pick a defenseman, whatever. And here's the thing. There are so many needs in this organization. It's not like... We're talking about them taking from a position that they don't need. 
Well, I mean, I could. Should I ask you about goaltender then? Because there's a guy. There's just a. There's don't a, there's get a guy. Me listen, I don't even want to listen to the rest. Jesper Wallstead is I know. like the sixth overall ranked prospect in some rankings. In fact, I saw um, at J Fresh Hockey on Twitter today, who's more of a hockey analytics um, guy for elite prospects. He ranked Jesper Wallstead as his number one overall prospect. Then in let this draft. someone else take him. You don't want them to trade the, out of it. Well, you just said like, I don't care what position they take because they need all these needs. I thought that it was you well established is... on this show, okay. Joe, <laughs> that goalies are the least important. It would in be my the view. it would be the most interesting thing they could do. Interesting, it, but that doesn't mean good. No, right. No, right. That's why I didn't say good. <laughs> I said interesting. Uh, for talking, that a, would make me really annoyed if they took a goalie. Ooh, I don't know. I think I would, I would be, be annoyed, but ew, I would also I would be fe- not annoyed. I for, would be furious for this show. I would love it because yeah, you'd be furious, and part of me would want to defend it, but another part of me would want to be furious too because I just don't think you should ever do that. But well, again, I'm at a point with this team where it's like here's whatever, the thing. You know try what like? whatever you want. It's like taking a running back, and I'm not saying the two positions are the same. Be a goaltender is more important than a running back. Okay, a goaltender in hockey is more important than a running back in football, but it's like taking a running back because what are you going to have to do in a couple years? The best case scenario is that your player is really good and then you're going to have to pay said player, which I am always against doing when it comes to goaltenders and which most NFL teams have shown to be reluctant to doing Mm -hmm. for running backs. You're going to have to pay this goaltender a lot of money if he turns out to be the guy you think you're drafting, and then you have to, like, then you're hamstringing your organization. What's right? I, I see what you mean. Like, what the best case scenario is not maybe a good scenario. Right. If the best case scenario is he's great, if he has a few seasons like Carey Price did, where he looks like the best goaltender in the world for two, three years in a row. And then I go pay him ten and a half million dollars. That sucks. Exactly. <laughs> so I get that, and that's why, yeah, like logically, I would come back down to earth, and I would want to crucify that pick. Um, but I don't think they're making it anyway. Uh, that is even a more long I'm shot. I'm mad than that not you brought it up because well, now, because there now are people I'm a little that, bit worried. There now are I'm a little. The, the doubt has seeped in a little bit. There are people that have him number one. I'm just saying, you talked about the variance. There are probably people that have him 20th, but there are people that have him number one. I'd imagine the Sabres are not that team, but you never know. You never know who they're going to love. We don't know who the Sabres love right now. Just because Bob McKenzie and these 10 scouts that he talked to all think Owen Power is the top guy does not mean to me that the Sabres think Owen Power is the top prospect. Now, true. maybe we'll see some leaks in the next month and a half. Kevin Adams said yesterday that's not going to happen. I'll believe it when I see it. If Pierre Lebrun says on June 26th that the Sabres are targeting Matthew Beniers as the first overall pick, I'm not going to not believe it because Kevin Adams said yesterday that you won't hear any leaks out of us. Mm. So that's point one. And then I have fallen for a guy. It's only been 24 hours. And I'm, I'm you know what? I'm that guy. I'm the guy that I see something that I like and I need to have it. Like, I fall in love with it, and I, it, there's no other alternative that I want to hear about. You want the Sabres to take Rondell Moore. I want the Sabres to take Rondell Moore. That yeah. is exactly right. And my Rondell Moore, so far throughout my studying these prospects in 24 hours, again, because I did almost none of that. So study is a loose term. Study is basically watch Their a couple highlights. of 9- or 10-minute highlight <laughs> videos and read an article or two. Like, that's basically what my studying is at this okay. point. Okay. 
I am falling for Luke Hughes, okay. and I'm falling for him fast. And it's not just about the player. Although, if you listen to this show enough, you know the kind of defenseman I like. It's not Owen Power. It's it's not even though Owen Power is not like he's six six and he is a man playing college hockey. But don't get the misconception that he is some beast out there that is just leveling people over the middle of the ice. You know, he's not some rough and tumble seventies defenseman. Like he's a he's a good passer, he's a good puck mover, and he's a smooth skater. But I would not call him dynamic by any means. And I see dynamic skills within Luke Hughes, brother of Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes, who's playing just played at the US development program. And the reason that he intrigues me even more as an idea, not just that he is smaller in stature, six one, and that he is electric as a skater. The side to side movement that you see in Quinn Hughes and that you see in Cal McCarr. A lot of these exciting young defensemen that are coming into the sport. Luke Hughes looks like that to me at the junior level so far. The other reason I like it is it's a boomer bust type of idea. In a draft where there doesn't seem to be a lot of boom, right? Like Owen Power, he's probably going to be a very good defenseman. But I don't I don't know if I see it sound... Does he move the needle for you in right. terms of like winning a Stanley Cup? Right. Is he right exactly? Is he a franchise altering type of player? I think the consensus on that is probably that player is not in this draft. But I think the one guy that might have potential for that is Hughes. Not just because of his skills, but because of his age. He is the youngest guy in this draft. At least among the the prospects I looked at, which was the top 32 ranked, he's the youngest. He's not even 18 years old yet. He has not even played a season of college hockey yet. He basically has an added year of development over all of these players. Power had a year at Michigan. Beneers had a year at Michigan. Edvinson had just had a year in the senior league in Sweden. Hughes is about to have his freshman season at Michigan, which could mean it could mean a it could mean good thing or bad thing. He could show up to Michigan, look like a middling defenseman, and you look look like an idiot for taking him first overall a year from now. That kind of happened with Middlestad a little bit. Not quite to that extent, but he was playing high school hockey, and the Sabres drafted him as a young player. He went to the college hockey level, and he was pretty good, but he was not unbelievable. Not eighth overall good. Right. And to me, that downside does exist, but what's the upside? The upside is he goes to Michigan and he balls. Like, he is the best defenseman in the NCAA, and he's doing it the way he plays. You know, putting up points, skating up and down the ice, coast-to-coast type of plays. And a year from now, I look like the smartest guy in the room because I picked the guy with the highest upside. And that's why he's intriguing to me as a prospect right now, as an option for number one. It's the combination of the fact that he's basically a year younger than a lot of these guys, he has an extra year of development, and the skill set that he presents. I I don't want to get too obsessive over it like I kind of did with Rondell Moore, though, because, as you said, your guess is minus 500, it's going to be Owen Power. If it's going to be a defenseman, especially, I can't believe it's not Owen Power. Like, if maybe they do get to Beneers. Maybe they get to that. Maybe they take the forward. But I hope I'm wrong, but I think just given what a lot of these media types, the, the scout guys are saying, um, I hope I'm wrong, but I think the defenseman idea would be Owen Power, of course. But 
That, as that's an, the that's my guy right now. Now I know you and I are similar on this. We very much like the as much as the term makes kind of no sense to me. Boomer bust, like. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I don't know why these players are called boomer bust, but you bring up that idea with Luke Hughes. The, the, essentially, boomer bust to me means this guy's got a lot of potential, but maybe his floor is a little bit lower than sure. other guys around him, right? Yep. Okay, so if we can establish that, I think we're both on the same wavelength in terms of we want the potential, especially when it comes to hockey. Potential, potential, potential. Where do you think the Sabres organization is right now, given 10 years of fan backlash? Do they look at this draft and say, we cannot afford to mess this up? We cannot afford to take Luke Hughes, and even if he isn't a bad player for us, he's not as good as Owen Power. We cannot be a team that passed on who most said was the best player in this draft, take someone else and have that player be worse than Owen Power by any stretch. Man, that's a great point. And I think it's not something I've thought of, but they would they would absolutely tell you, the Sabres would, that that doesn't play into it. Of course. But I think it absolutely would. They don't want to look like idiots. You know, how, they don't, how they much don't, bad press can you take? Right. They don't want to look like... They don't want to look like they didn't know what everybody else knew. Mm-hmm. And if everybody else is out here telling you that Owen Power is the first overall pick, and you maybe you think it's close. Maybe you have Hughes as your top defenseman, your top prospect. But it's close between him and Owen Power? Yeah, maybe you don't do it. Maybe you go ahead and pick Power, even though he's second on your board, because you know how it'll look if you mess it up. Like That's a great point, because if, if Hughes is not a good player... I mean, that's going to be an awful look when he, when most did not have him number one. You're, you'll have a problem finding a lot of people having him second. I found a couple. There's one site, FC Hockey, that uh, does a lot of uh, analysis on these prospects that has his, um, him as their number one guy. Mike Moriel from NHL.com, who covers the NHL draft, will actually be on with uh, Bulldog and Sal tomorrow at 4 o'clock. He's got Hughes as his number two prospect after Owen Power. But... Yeah, man. Like, he would have to blow them away, I think. He would have to blow them out of the water over Owen Power. Anybody that's not Owen Power, I think, would have to blow them away. See, the number one pick in this case, and I know it's not completely universal like most of the time it is with the NHL draft. Most of the time, there is a clear-cut one or at least a clear-cut two and then separation from the rest of the pack. In this case, I just, I'm slightly worried that... I don't know if I'm worried. I, am I worried that they want to take Owen Power because that is what most people say is the best player? Or hmm, am I worried about that? Well, let's expand on it a little bit more. And Plus, I do want to bring up the idea of them trading down. And there was a, a cr- yes, insane, but I think a... a, a a, a nutty trade that a caller had on the afternoon show last hour that kind of makes some logical sense. If you, I tweeted about it, but if you haven't seen it, um, it's wild. It's out there. Don't get me wrong. But I want to bring that up, too. Because um, Jack Eichel, I do want to talk about on today's show. Because yesterday, Kevin Adams provided a sort of update on Eichel. And I, 
I wonder where the winds are blowing right now for Eichel because they seem to be going in one direction. Um, so we'll get to that as well. Your calls, 803-0550. I'm sure we'll get to some football uh, throughout the course of the next half hour. The Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. I do. However, I don't know that it's necessarily the right decision to put him into that situation in Buffalo right away. You look at the way that college hockey has developed defensemen over the last couple of years, and I would actually feel more comfortable with him going back to school. He didn't dominate the college game last year. He was a very good defenseman. He played huge minutes. I think he was one of the best defensemen in the country in terms of skill set. But you look at Kale McCarr, you look at Quinn Hughes, all those guys, what a second year did for them. Adam Fox played three years. You get a little bit stronger, you understand the game a little bit better, you gain some experience, and it allows you to arrive ready, or readier, I should say, because mm-hmm. I do think that he could play in the NHL. But when you go first overall, the pressure is there to play right away. I would not have a problem with him going back to school. And if I were a Sabres fan, I might prefer that just so that I can get the best Owen power possible for his first NHL season. Chris Peters, Talking Hockey Sense podcast, formerly of ESPN, on with Howard Simon this morning. I actually think Owen Power being more NHL-ready than these other guys is almost a deterrent for me. And I'll explain why. I think the Sabres are going to be awful this season. I don't know how much that's saying. I think they're probably, they're almost for sure going to be a bottom five team in the NHL. And I... Just don't know that I want my first overall pick around for that. Like, do I need him to be around for that? That's almost another reason why I'm intrigued by Luke Hughes. Because he's going back to Michigan. He's going back. He's going to Michigan. He hasn't even been there yet. He's going there for a year, and then he'll show up. And then... Hopefully I'm not a tire fire. I've got I've got thirteen months to not be a tire fire when one of the most important people in my organization walks through the door. And I just I don't I don't I don't care that whether the reason I didn't, ready or not. This is part of the reason I didn't care about the draft lottery to begin with. And mostly I, I'm not saying that none of these players are going to be good or whatever, because they'll probably most of them probably will be. But what I'm saying is, what does it do for this year? And there's a lot of people who think that none of these guys are ready to make that jump. So I just cannot get myself to be excited about a pick of a defenseman who doesn't seem to have a super high dynamic, uh, super dynamic skill set to be ready to come in here more than 365 days from now. I just cannot get myself to be excited about it. 803-0550 is the phone number. Uh, I got a playoff question relating to the Jets Canadian series. If you've been paying attention to that series, you probably know what it relates to. We'll get to that. Um, and there's a there's an interesting football headline that's floating around out there that Bills fans can relate to. I think you'll understand what that means too when we get to it. Let's go with the Steve though first uh, on the nightcap. Steve, what's up? You're on WGR. Hi, fellas, big fan. How are you tonight? Great. Thanks for calling, man. I just feel like it's Groundhog Day with Tyler Myers. How long did we give that guy? For, I, you, you tell me, four, five, six, seven years, every line, every opportunity could never. Big guy, he had all the opportunity in the world. It's like, oh, my gosh, what what happened there? I 
And I hope it wouldn't happen, but I just feel like that that is the outcome. Now, I almost thank you for the call, Steve. The only <laughs> the, the thing that immediately comes to mind for me is not even a good thing because you don't want Owen Power to be Tyler Myers. He's not the skater Tyler Myers was. Right. Myers was a dynamic skater for being 6'8", whatever he was. Um, I think Power, given his other skills, though. He's his, safer. His passing ability. Yeah, yeah Myers, Myers became a train wreck in his own end. You know, he couldn't get the puck out. Uh, he was like a poor man's Ristolainen at one point. A poor man's Ristolainen. I think he became that. And Power, I would I would think, he like, there are headman traits. You know, like, he, his ability to control a game. Like, that might be there in him in a big way. I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about previous examples of players that were drafted that high, defensemen speaking of, that were drafted that high in large part because of their size. And I think that's a big reason why Power's getting drafted that high, is that he's 6'6". And I start to think about Zach Bogosian going third overall once upon a time. And I start to think about Seth Jones and Ristolainen, like guys that were picked in part because of their physical traits, not necessarily their skating traits or their, their – I don't want to say puck moving and puck handling because I think he does have that ability. But it's not like a dynamic trait that he has. It's just kind of – he's a guy. But he's probably going to be pretty good. But wouldn't you say those other guys were dynamic though? Like Ooh, Seth, Ristolainen and Jones. No, and, n- maybe not Ristolainen, but Seth Jones, great skater. Bogosian's a fantastic skater. Yeah. I mean... They're better... Right, they're they're quicker and better skaters, I would say, than, than Powers. Well, who else was drafted high? Uh, uh, Eric Johnson was Eric drafted. Eric Johnson. Ekblad. Ekblad's maybe a good comparison for Power. I don't know. He's hard to he's hard to get a read on for me would for you NHL accept, Would you like that? Would you like it if Owen Power was Aaron Ekblad? Is that to you worth the first overall pick? If he was Aaron Ekblad, yeah, I would take that. You would take it? I would take that. Would you would you? Is that is that an easy answer? I just think it goes to show like that defenseman shouldn't be taken that high. That's kind of where I land on the whole That's, Ekblad thing. It's just like, yeah, Ekblad's a really uh, he's a fine player. Right. But is he if Aaron Ekblad was on the Sabres, d- does he do anything to make them not the worst team in the NHL this year? Probably not. I that's why if that's, the Sabres had Nathan McKinnon, yeah. But that's why Hughes to me is more intriguing because the the defenseman that I would look at around the league right now, like really there's maybe only one where you'd look back and be like, yeah, he could, he maybe should have gone first overall. Makar? Makar in Colorado. And there are some comparisons between Makar and Hughes. In fact, the age part of that. Makar, kind of the same thing as Hughes. Maybe at the time of being drafted, I remember hearing about this, was that there was questions about how good he was going to be and what level of prospect he was because of the level of hockey he just came from. He, he played in, what, the AJHL yeah, or something? Yeah, the Alberta, Alberta Junior, hockey, junior league? hockey League, which yeah. was not even the high. obviously is not the highest level of college or uh, junior hockey in Western Canada. Right. And it was like, all right, he looks great, but look who he's doing it against. And, like, who knows what he's going to look like in college. And then Makar was awesome in college, mm-hmm. and it was like this guy showed up in the NHL, and he's just immediately not only a positive impact in his own end, like you would want a guy like Owen Power to be, but to be a first overall defenseman, 
I think you've got to be great in your own end, and you've got to be an elite offensive contributor for that position. And that's why that's why I'd almost never want to pick power. Power, I don't think, will ever be an elite offensive contributor from the blue line in the NHL. He just doesn't strike me as that player. Ekblad's not that player either, I guess. But a guy like Makar is. And I'm not saying Hughes is going to be that, but I am saying Hughes has the potential to be that. And that's why he's a more intriguing idea to me. Let's get to Jack Eichel. (laughs) Let's just go way off the rails here, and let's bring up the trade scenario that was called in and was said on these airwaves an hour ago from Chris. I'm excited to hear it. To the have you heard? You haven't heard it yet. I have not. All right. Would you trade? Better question, maybe is who says no. But I'll I'll start with who would you trade? Jack Eichel. Sam Reinhart, and the first overall pick. Now, there's already only maybe two teams I could be dealing with, just given that the Sabres would be giving what, all the, that up. The Oilers and the Four, Leafs? Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. It's not that bad. It'll never happen, but it's not that bad. It kind of makes some logical sense. The Leafs... Might want a big shakeup. The Sabres have two-star players that want out and want to go to a, a team that's been winning. And you want I got the first overall pick, I guess, equals out the value difference between Reinhardt and Marner. So, again, it will never happen because NHL GMs just... they'll ne- No NHL GM. You'll never find two NHL GMs with the guts to pull that move off. You're lucky if there's one in the league that would have the guts to even offer a trade like that. I'd do it. You would do it if you're the Sabres? If I was the Sabres, I'd do it. You think the Leafs would be the team that says no? I think the Leafs would be the team to say no. A, a neutral a neutral arbitrator comes to a meeting with the Leafs at one side and the, the Sabres at the other, and they say, here's the deal that I'm proposing to both of you. Eichel, Reinhardt, and the first overall pick for Matthews and Marner. I Who's think, the first person to say no? I think this is very simple. You think Toronto is? I think it's very simple. Right now, Matthews is better than Eichel. And he doesn't have the health concern. And he doesn't have a health concern. And I would absolutely prefer Mitch Marner than Sam Reinhart over Mm -hmm. Sam Reinhart. So you're getting the two best players in the deal, and then you're throwing in a first, the first overall pick that we are literally sitting here talking about not even really wanting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Rather having third, maybe. Um, now, one thing it does solve for the Leafs, though, it helps with, is their salary cap problems. I was listening to a podcast today that I don't think this will happen. It was just kind of an idea that was thrown out there, that the Leafs should expose John Tavares to the, to the Kraken. And see the, if they do it. With the hope that they take that contract off your hands. Not that he's not amazing, but the Leafs have no flexibility to do almost anything right. because they have 40% of their salary cap in three players. And you've got guys like Zach Hyman coming up for contract. Half your forward group is up for contract. And, like, how are you going to replace that? Well, the way they did it last year was they put a sign up out front of their building and said, anybody from Toronto want to come play for us for $800,000? And a bunch of old guys said, yeah, I'm from here. I'd love to play for the Leafs. I don't care if it's the league minimum. And look how that went. Anyone past the top six stunk. Thornton did not give them much, especially in the playoffs. Simmons gave them nothing all season. Jimmy Vesey decided to go play there. They, they had to wave him because he was playing so poorly. I mean, 
I just don't know how they correct anything without making a big splash. And that doesn't have to be Matthews or Marner, obviously. It could be Nylander. It could be Morgan Riley, who has one year left on his deal. But that'd be one heck of a first player to get into your organization, too. Instant marketability. Tavares? Yeah. Do you think they would take that that deal? Because it's not a great contract. Let me look up the specifics. I of don't. Him, but I don't. Why would you do that to yourself in the infancy of your franchise? Well, because he would be franchises like it's. It's like the flurry uh, conversation from when Vegas took him. He was on a bad contract. He'd been backing up Matt Murray for two years, but it was yeah, we're paying seven million dollars, but we've got a face of our franchise at the outset, they and do, it ended up working out for them. They do have to hit a minimum. They do have to hit a minimum. Tavares, by the way, is well. Let me get his age. He is thirty years old. And he has got four years left on his deal at $11 million. That's not bad. That's not the bad. The cap hit is bad. The cap hit's bad, of course. The He's cap not hits, worth being the third highest paid player in the league. Sure, but it's only four years. Like, he's still going to put productive seasons together in Seattle if they if they chose him. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, and I guess it, you got to kind of remember the fact that there's no such thing as these, like, 13-year contracts anymore, right? Like, they're all, you know, if seven and eight years to these big guys. So Tavares has already played there for a couple years in in uh, Toronto. That's taken a decent chunk out. He's still only 30 years old, and those elite players can stretch their prime out longer. I would take a hard look at it. I think it would be good because he's a good player, and also if you're trying to get people excited about hockey in Seattle, John Tavares is one. It's an instant fan favorite. How much merchandise? How much merchandise are they selling that says Tavares on it? Mm. You know why this also would never happen? I'm just realizing he has a full no movement clause for his entire contract. And could you imagine going to the guy that? I mean, didn't didn't the, didn't the mayor and like they had this whole like pitch to him when to get him to sign in Toronto? Yeah, and he went through all he went through with the Islanders, like all the fans hating him. And like throwing stuff at him when he was at the game when he returned, and then by the way the Islanders have gone on and won like five playoff series since he left, and he's won none. And then hey man, we know you came here, you t- you gave up everything to come here, <laughs> and we're gonna go send you to the Kraken. We're gonna send you all the way out to Seattle, Washington. Yeah, he would. How about the that, idea, that would never uh, on this topic? How about the idea of approaching Jeff Skinner and asking if he'll waive his no movement? You know, Kevin Adams was asked about that yesterday. He didn't really give an answer on it. Um, I think it has to happen. You know, I think it just has to happen. He's not going to get taken. Right. And if he did, it would be a good thing for the Sabres. And maybe even for Skinner? Would Skinner even want that? I don't know. But it's not going to happen anyway. Skinner and, would not. I My guess is he wouldn't. He's from like, right. He's from the Toronto area. Right. Um. But I would ask him to waive it because not that you have a dire situation up front for who you're protecting, um, but I've gone through the expansion draft a couple of times. The the more dire situation is really on the blue line. Uh, Although, if you let Skinner go, or if you are not having to protect Skinner, here's the math right now, just to to go through it real quick. You can go 7-3-1, or you... Seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender. Mm-hmm. Or you can go eight skaters and one goaltender. If they go 7-3-1, goalie is going to be uh, 
Well, they have to expose Tukarski. So I guess right now you're not protecting anybody because you don't have another goaltender. Uh, your defensemen, you've got three. Darlene, Yoki Haru are easy. And then you have a decision to make between Ristolainen and Borgen. It's a big reason why I would like them to trade Ristolainen now as opposed to waiting. Because I, I don't think that's a decision at all, but go on. You don't? I, Borgen. You protect Borgen. Right. But also, you, you don't give Ristolainen up for nothing. That's why you make that trade before the expansion draft. Is it the worst thing in the world if he's taking No, for it's nothing? not because it would finally get him off like, of this team. <laughs> we have been clamoring <laughs> I know. for that for years and I we're going to this is where we're going to draw the it's, line. It's just such bad val- it's such bad <laughs> asset, asset management, management 100%. Um and then so th- that's your d- decision at defense and then at forward, find me seven forwards, especially if Jeff Skinner's not included. Eichel, Reinhardt, again asset management even though even if they're not here. Uh Middlestat, Olafson, Asplund, Thompson. Basically, if I'm leaving Skinner unprotected, I'm doing it to be able to keep Anders Bjork. Do you think there's going to be uh, like a I deal, guess. like a like a Reinhardt deal? It would come before that, and then that's just one less person Ooh. you have to protect. Reinhardt to S- Reinhardt to Seattle. He wants to maybe be out on the West Coast right. by his hometown in Vancouver. I mean, you can't get much they closer don't. to Vancouver without being in Vancouver. Reinhardt for the second overall pick? Is that even a good deal for the Sabres? I think it's a good deal for the Sabres. I don't know if Seattle would take that. We're going to go all the way to 755 here, and then we'll take a break, and then uh, that'll be the end of the show, by okay. the way, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> Reinhardt for two. You're, wait, I'm sorry. You would say no to that? I I would say yes. yes as a Sabres from the Sabres perspective. I don't. Mm, I think it man. would take a lot to get Seattle to accept that deal. I don't know that I would do it. Really, the number two pick. I'm basically trading so you it for get Owen Beniers. Power and and Matt Beniers. I don't know. You're Beniers. talking about we're talking we're gonna we're talking about replenishing. No, you know the what system. I would do it. Yes, I would do it. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of the same logic why I would trade Eichel for Marner straight up. It's not even that. It's not even that, you know, he's not as I, – I know I'm losing the trade because I'm not getting the best player back, but – But you might be. Beneers could turn out to be better no, than No, right. So th- there's potential there, so it is a little different. The Marner-Eichel part of it for me is, well, I, I don't think – I'm not getting a better player than Mitch Marner back. Right. So that's why I'm doing it. And Beneers, kind of the same thing. I'm not getting a more valuable asset back for Sam Reinhardt. Unless Calgary wants to do this Matthew Kachuk deal that I've been creating out of thin air. Um, that's, that's my dream. That's my dream. If they're going to move Sam Reinhardt, it, it works a little bit for everybody. The, the Flames need a big shakeup. Kachuk has not signed a long-term deal there, and there are questions in Calgary about whether he wants to stay there long-term. He'll be an RFA after this upcoming season again. Um, he's from Boston? No, he's from, he's from somewhere in the East. So Kachuk might want to move back to the East. Reinhardt wants to move to the West. And both teams maybe need a big shakeup. So, what I what I would really like to see from the Sabers this off season is pick a direction. I don't want middling moves that doesn't really define where management thinks this organization is. If you want to try to win now, then all of your moves have to be win now moves. If you oh man, I just hope that are trying happen. to rebuild and you think there's just this core is over, have to find a new core, then make a deal like that with Reinhardt. Then then make a deal that is very clear in what your intentions are. Are you starting over or are you trying to win with this core? 
Like I want that's what because I think this this offseason is going to be painful. I think I think so. Could, do make it clear for me at least. I think Matthew Kachuk though could be starting over. He's young enough. He's twenty three years old. Just because he's already good doesn't mean to me that you're trying to win right away. Sure. Now, you might feel a little bit added pressure to not also have him get to the same right. point that he is that Reinhardt and Eichel are at. Um, How many years will it take for him to be like, no, I, right. I want out too? I've got an extra year, though, of control there. In fact, I might have an extra two years of control on Matthew Kachuk uh, than I would on Reinhardt. Uh, maybe it's just one. He's an RFA after next year, uh, so then a one-year deal. So I've got... I've got two years of control minimum. I think that's how that works. So I, I'd want to trust that that's enough time. And then again, next offseason, if I'm back in the same spot, I'll just trade him. I'm just I'm just flip I'm just pushing I'm just pushing it down the road. The Reinhardt situation. So with Kachuk. And they're comparable enough of players. I think Kachuk is a better player. Do you want comparable but, in this trade? Do you want a lateral move? Well, I want Matthew Kachuk. So you're but, okay with a lateral move? And in this specific outcome, yes, but otherwise, like you'd have to it'd be case by case for me on on Reinhardt at least, um, and it's about age. I don't want jo- like Johnny Goudreau, for instance. No, thank you. Right. I don't want yeah. anybody that I think that it signals I'm ready. I'm going to try to win next sure. season. Nobody that signals that. It's going to be a long off season. By the way, the first overall pick. Last thing on this, and then we'll break for the night. They that pick, if it's a good thing for anything, it's a good thing for this show. It is content. Because if they them picking first means we can have debates about who they should take first overall, since they will be up. And I am trust me, unless I, I, I gotta do some more research on these other guys, and I will do that. Brant Clark. There's potential there that Brant Clark I fall in love with also. Other defensemen in this draft class. Um, but as of now, I am ready to just bang the drum for Luke Hughes for the next ninety days. Or whatever it is until the NHL draft lottery. So if you thought it was annoying with Rondell Moore, this is going to be the same thing. I did. You were annoyed with the Rondell Moore. No, I wasn't because I liked Rondell Moore too. So, well, hopefully you're gonna like Luke Hughes. Boston's up one nothing, by the way, in the New York Islanders. If you're waiting for uh, or wondering about a playoff update, that's what's going on in the NHL right now. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, Brendan Keeney and I. More on the Bills. We didn't really get to football at all today. Uh, OTAs are ongoing right now. We'll have a couple of thoughts on the the football team when we come back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. This has been the Nightcap here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.